you will, turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 10. Oh, thank you, Lord. He says, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, we've been talking about this over the past several weeks, that the whole armor of God, you have to put it on. God's not just going to attach it to you. You have to put this on. He says, so finally, my brethren, put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against rulers, this war, the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take to yourselves the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, therefore stand. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching to this very thing with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, there's where we're going to end today is in verse 18. As we're looking at verse 18, he says, pray with all prayer. Pray it. How, how often does he tell you to pray? Your whole life's a prayer. Your whole life should be about communication with God. And he says, praying at all times. Get those out of my pocket. And, he, and, and as he goes in, he says, praying at all times with every kind of spiritual prayer. Now, we're going back and rereading this out of J.B. Phillips. He says, praying at all times with every kind of spiritual prayer. The King James says, praying with all prayer. That means, and what that actually means, it means different kinds. How many of you know there's different kinds of prayer? See, if you don't know that, prayer's going to be boring to you. Prayer's going to be a task, Sally. It's going to be something we just have to do. You know, I don't know how, how, how people do it. But he says, praying with all types of spiritual prayer, keeping alert and persistent as you pray for all Christ's men and women. So in verses 10 through 17, it's everything that we need to put on. And he starts with about every mindset that we have developed. Now, this is something that we are going to actually do. Last week, we talked about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and about taking God's word and being able to do battle with it. But now what we're going to talk about is something that we can do. Folks, I want to tell you, prayer's not boring. Okay. We have an intercessory prayer here every Tuesday at noon. We, we start out with somebody, Jody leads it. Give us a, give us a direction. Now, that doesn't mean we spend the whole hour praying about that one thing, but it does become a focus. Our problem is that a lot of people, and we've never been taught much about prayer, and we've never been taught how to really get into it, and so the church is really struggling with going to God in prayer. So the goal today, quick foundation, because folks, there's all kinds of different types of prayer. There's prayers of gratitude. There's prayers of thankfulness. There's prayers of intercession. There's prayers of deliverance. And I'm not going to cover all those, but I'm going to cover three things today that I think all of us need to know in this place. And I'll probably do more teaching today than I will preaching. First off, we need to understand prayer is a conversation and it should never be one-sided. When you're having a conversation with someone, you ever been around those people? Now listen, I talk a lot, I know. It's just who I am. But have you ever been around people who you can never get a word in edgewise? Yes. That they never, they don't even take a breath, they just keep 
bombarded. That's not a conversation. And when you are saying something, you can see it in their eyes. They're just waiting. They've already prepared what they're going to say next. And what all they're waiting is for you to go, <gasps> so they can get, jump in. That's not a conversation. See, when he's talking to us there about prayer, he said prayer needs to be a conversation. It's a back and forth between you and God. God talks to you, wants to talk to you, desires to talk to you, and you hear from him more than you think you do. So it's a conversation with God. It's when we talk about what's going on in our lives. That's why I said, live your lives. I'll pray at all times. Your life's a prayer. When you're, when you're driving down the road, you should be by yourself. You should be having a conversation with God. Just talking, just listening. Just saying, okay, God. So it's, it's, it's a time when we begin to talk to God about the things that's going on in our lives. It's a time when we talk to him about our work, about our home, about our families. Any concern that you have, God is concerned with. And he wants you to talk to him about it. I'll try that over here. He wants you to talk to him. I don't want to bother God with this. This is just so silly. It's no, no there are nothing, no silly prayers to God. I'll just handle it and I'll take it. No, whatever you're going through throughout the day, we need to continually have a conversation with God. See, most of us have only been taught about the second part we're going to talk about here in a minute, but we're not going to get there yet. We've only been taught one part of prayer. And people don't understand you can have, or some of us <laughs> have been taught that if we didn't live our lives just right, then God is somehow mad at you and he's going to hold back talking to you because you don't have all your little ducks in a row. <laughs> Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read this out of the message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16. He says, be cheerful no matter what. Sometimes you just got to let, let it settle in. I'm getting ready to rip. That, that should... Back that up, Bobby. Try to stay with me there. Be cheerful. I think King James says what? Rejoice always. Be cheerful no matter what. So why are you hanging on that? Because I can tell by some of our faces we don't get it yet. I used to tell my daughter all the time. I said, what? I'd, I'd just go around Elizabeth and I'd go, you know what that means? You need to straighten that face up. She's not here today. I can talk about her. <laughs> Listen, she's on a lake somewhere in Tennessee. I ain't worried about her. I said, I, what, what are you mad about? I'm not mad. You're in trouble. This is the guy that's going to marry her. So, uh, <laughs> Well, what are you mad about? I'm not mad. Then tell your face. <laughs> we go around saying we've got the joy of the Lord. You can't tell it. Make me. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to give you a command. I'm going to let the Bible do it. Be cheerful at all times. And if you want the King James, he says rejoice always. That means there is something in your life, no matter how bad your day is, that you can rejoice about. You can thank God for. You can be thankful. It's a conversation where we just say thank. The whole last song was about that very thing. It's about remembering who you are, remembering what you've done, and being cheerful at all times. Amen. What if I'm mad? Didn't you turn it around? <laughs> be cheerful. At all times. Look at the next part. Pray. How often? All the time. How can I pray all the time? How much time do you spend alone? A day? I'm going to use Kevin back here because I know what Kevin does for a living. How much time do you spend in your car? Yeah. A lot. By yourself, who else you got to talk to? Come on. 
You standing and washing dishes. Who are you going to talk to? See, prayers, it's easy to pray all the time when you understand this is a conversation. It's not a performance. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, how do I pray like that? Listen, Dee and I have been married, I'm not going to say how many years because I don't remember. Um, I think it's, I think it's 26. You know what? We still, we have had jobs where we worked side by side for almost, for many, many years out of our marriage. And I still can never quit talking to her. There's something about that relationship that that we're never quiet. My kids probably got, I think maybe that's why Reese is as quiet as he is. He lives in a house with me and Dee where we never shut up. But we're constantly talking, why? Because of the love that we share with each other, our lives have become a constant communication. It's a constant conversation. My kids tell me all the time, you've told us that story before. I can't help it because I want to talk to them. I want to share with them. I want to give them something. Ah, come on. And see, when we go in before God, we have to remember first, he tells us, be cheerful all the time. So all you sourpusses, get it? Yeah. Be cheerful all the time. You have no excuse from this point on. That's a command from God. Come on. And the next thing he said, he said, pray all the time. Look at verse, what we at? Verse, yeah, the next one. <laughs> verse 18. He said, thank God, no matter what happens. Folks, I'm telling you, this is how we pray. It's not painful. It's not a hard thing. We come before God with a cheerful attitude. We thank, we pray all the time. We're just always in conversation with him. And then we thank God. I want to brag on Bob for a minute. Every time Bob's around here, he's got an alarm set on his phone at 10.02. Right, Bob? Tells you how much I've been around Bob, don't it? <laughs> at 10.02, an alarm goes off and he will stop whether we're in conversation, no matter what we're doing, he'll stop and say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you are sending us workers. I thank you that you're sending us people who love. I thank you that you're sending, and he prays for this church every day at 10.02. How hard, and, and, and how long does it take him? Thank God not a long time because we got stuff we got to get done. <laughs> but it's that, it's those little times when we can sit down and just take a moment and just say, God, I'm here, you're here. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. I thank you for what's going on. I tell you, I don't know how many times I talk to believers who don't pray because they feel like it's difficult. Now he says, thank God no matter what. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ, to Christ Jesus to live. So how does God want you to live? I just want to do, I want to be everything God wants me to be. Well, here's a good start. You ready? This is the way God wants you to live. Be cheerful always. Some of us might be in trouble. Be cheerful always, pray all the time, and thank God for everything. No matter what happens, we thank God. Folks, that's prayer. That's prayer. It's not, I had this friend who was trained in seminary, a certain type of seminary. And we'd be talking, we'd be in this conversation, it's just like this, Darren. But I, I, I've been around sports most of my life, in my adult life. And... Uh, we, uh, somebody would say, well, we need to open up the ball games in prayer. And I'd say, hey, go ahead and pray. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he changed. David, all of a sudden, he just stepped up and said, our Father. I'm like, you wasn't talking like that five minutes ago. 
Because we've been taught that we have to come to God a certain way, in a certain tone, in certain voices, and in certain repetitions. And, and we got to pray certain things. And, 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 and so if I do it for a long time, well, I've run out of things to pray about, Brent. So, so what I'll do now is I'll just repeat the same things. Except in Matthew, he told them, he says, a fool thinks they're heard for their much speaking, talking about prayer. It's not about just the, these ritualistic things we've done. It's just a, a normal conversation. It's a normal conversation about your life. Go to Exodus chapter 5. And even when conversation's not pleasant, it still shouldn't be one-sided. Exodus chapter 5 verse 22. It says, Moses returned to the Lord, and the Lord said, why have you caused trouble for this people? Now look what Moses is doing. You should never question God, but here's Moses. <laughs> Let's try it over here. You should never question God. Somebody, anybody ever read Psalms real good? David questioned God all the time. God's not afraid, hey folks, God's not afraid of your questions and he's definitely not afraid for you to say, hey God, what's going on? This is all Moses was doing here. He said, hey God, why have you brought <coughs> trouble to these people? Why is it that you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, neither have you delivered your people at all. Now here's a man who's laying all everything out before God. I'm trying to do what you say, I'm trying to obey, and every time I open my mouth, this man gets worse. Y'all ever had those kind of days? I'm trying, Lord. God, I'm trying. And, and we're afraid to go to God and just say, hey, hey dude, come on. You gave me promises. You gave me a promise and here I am and everything is worse now than when I started. Oh, you can't say that to God. God, why not? Who said you can't say that to God? In a conversation, there may be disagreement or you may not understand. Come on. Sacrilege. <laughs> Exodus chapter 6. God's getting ready to answer him. Exodus 6. Then the Lord said, see this is a conversation. There's two ways. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh with a strong hand shall he let them go and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of the land. Then God spoke to Moses. See what God do? God said, come on in. Moses blurted it all out. I've got an issue. And Moses said, and God, God responds. He said to him, I am the Lord. And I appeared to Abraham and Isaac and to Jacob by the name of God Almighty. Not by, by the name of God Almighty, but by my name. The Lord was not known to them. I have established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land of their pilgrimage wherein they have sojourned. I have heard their groanings of the children of Israel. Mm. What's that mean? God didn't go, I don't want to hear it. Because a lot of us have been taught that God didn't want to hear certain things from us. There's never a place where it says that he didn't want to hear what you had to say from him. He said, I have heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians have kept in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will rid you of their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with great judgments, and I will make, and I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God and you shall know that I am the Lord who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to a land, into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and I give it to you for a heritage. It's a conversation. Folks, when you go before God, this is why prayer is never boring. 
when you understand that your whole life's a prayer. You have opportunity to pray all the time that you never have to miss it. It's a conversation with God. Look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. I'm telling you, you want to learn some stuff about prayer? Watch how Moses reacts to God most of the time. He sounds a lot like us, Ron. <laughs> In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, he says, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, how? Just as a man speaks to his friend. This is the relationship God is looking, with you, looking for with you and I. He wants to come down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, a face-to-face, -face, where there's nobody else involved. He said, just as a man speaks to his friend, and when he returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of man, did not depart from the tent. Joshua said, I'm not done with the conversation yet. But how did he talk to him? Face to face, like a man talks to his friend. So firstly, guys, as we look ready to end this spiritual warfare, understand prayer is a conversation. It's not work. I don't, it doesn't bother me to have a conversation with Dee. It's just because of our love for each other. Now, the second thing I want us to look at is probably the only type of prayer most of us has ever been taught. <laughs> and it's prayers of petition. And that's about as far as we ever get with prayer, Jody. It's asking God for something. It's the most common type of prayer. It's the only thing that most people know is to ask God for something. Let me ask God. Well, just go with the ask God, ask God. Most of the time our prayer life, Sally, is spent, God, this is Jimmy, I'll take all you can give me. Hmm. God, Bless me and my four and no more. And that becomes our prayer life. Our prayer life comes to the point where we're just asking God for stuff. Let me tell you, if, that's, if that was what prayer was, that would be the most boring thing known to man, Adrian. Because how much can we ask God for? I can ask God for a lot. Then that shows that you don't believe God. Well, what do you mean? Because Ephesians says that he has already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in the heavens. That he has provided for you all that you need. But so we get stuck. Go to Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. God does not care that you ask him for stuff. I want you to know that either. But he doesn't want you to get stuck on asking for things. He wants a conversation. If me and Larry was going to have a conversation and every time I wanted to have a conversation with Larry, I said, hey Larry, give me five bucks. Well, here comes, here comes Brent. He's going to ask me for five bucks. Hey, Larry, you got five bucks? And the moment he does it two or three times, guess what I'm going to do? I just go talk to him. That's what we've treated God. And God doesn't care that you ask him for things. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything you and I will ever need, Brent. So he don't care. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6. From the Amplified Classic says, Do not fret or have any anxiety. That's kind of like that be cheerful always thing. Be anxious for nothing. Isn't that what King James says? Don't be anxious. Anxiety is not of God. Uh-oh. I'm not talking about chemical imbalances. I'm talking about just our normal everyday worries. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, even in the bad ones, folks, in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. So God is not opposed to you asking for things. So don't go around here today and leave and say, well, I'm not supposed to ask God for nothing. No, I'm saying have a conversation with God that is not so one-sided that all you're doing is asking God for things.
Come on. He says, go ahead, bring them to me. Don't fear, no anxiety, no, none of this worry, but with definite request, bring your wants, your petitions, make them known to God. So first off, don't go out and say, Brent said, I'm not supposed to ask God for a bunch of stuff. God's not opposed to you asking for things. The problem is, is this is all most of us has ever been taught about prayer. I did three weeks teaching on prayer back in June on Wednesday nights. I encourage you to get on Facebook, go back and watch those. Um, we cover a lot of prayer basics on that. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. He said, now this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now I'm telling you, now we're talking about how to pray a prayer of petition. When I go before God and I'm praying a prayer of petition, I'm asking God for something. I need to have the confidence that I know he heard me. Well, I don't know if God hears me or not. He had to hear me or else this is a lie out of the Bible. Come on. And I just don't believe it is. He says, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15. <clears throat> and if we know he hears us. So you have to know this. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, then we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Now what's your prayer look like? I'm going before God and I'm going to ask God for, for this thing that's according to his will. You know? I'm not going to ask God to cause somebody to wreck. I'm not going to ask God to just destroy somebody's life. That's not God's will. Because as much as he loves you and wants good for you, he wants good for them too. Whether you do or not. Come on, let's just be honest here. So when I go before God, my prayer now, it becomes, I have confidence that when I ask God for this, and it's according to his will, that he hears me and that I have it. Not going to get it, that it's already a yes. If Ted comes to me and asks me for a hundred bucks, I'm going to say, you're crazy. No. See, what has he done? He's made a definite request to me. And I say, yeah, Ted, I'll get that to you. And then I walk away. What's Ted going to do? Yeah, I got that money. I got it. I needed that $100. I've got it. I, and now I can wait, you know. So the next time Ted sees me, he still doesn't need it yet. But he needs it. You ever been there? You know it's coming. And so Ted comes to me and says, hey, remember I asked you for that $100? Yeah, Ted, I remember I asked you for that $100. Did that show any confidence in me at all? Come on. I told you I was going to teach more today. That shows no confidence in me because if Ted really knew me and we as many conversations as he and I have had, if he knew me, he knows that I'm going to be a man of my word. Then if he has the confidence coming to me and asking me for the hundred dollars and I say yes, he's going to walk. He should, if he had the confidence in me, walk out like he's already got the hundred dollars. He's going to live like he's got the hundred dollars. He's going to act like he's got the hundred dollars. This is what our petitions of prayer should look like when we come before God with definite requests asking God for a thing that we know is not a, a outside of his will then we walk away with the confidence knowing he heard me and I have it well you don't look like you got it it doesn't matter what I look like right now it doesn't matter way it looks right now what happens is I have enough confidence and enough trust in my heavenly father that when I ask him I'm going to walk around like it's mine. I'm going to walk around like I got it already. Why? Because that's how he told me to act. Go back to the beginning of that verse. And if we know he hears us, we know whatever we ask, 
We know that we have, not are going to get. You got to act like you got. Chuck Swindoll told a story one time that uh, he had a lady come to him and said, my son goes to bed every night with the bikini on the foot of his bed. And she said, should I be worried? And he said, he, he chuckles and said, no. Because he told the story of a young lady who was believing God for a husband, who went out and asked God for a husband, then went out and bought the wedding dress and hung it in her room and looked at it every day, thanking God that what she had already asked for, God was already providing. So he was just believing for his woman. <laughs> we don't act like this. We throw one up to God. Here's my problem, God. Hope it makes it. We'll see. That's not confidence. He says in verse 14, he says, and this is the confidence that we have. <laughs> that whatever we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions of him. <laughs> that we have asked of him. So folks, I want our prayers of petitions to start looking different. Here, here's, a, here's a kicker, okay? Do you, you do realize that you don't have to ask God for the same thing twice. He heard you the first time. Remember when, 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 when uh, Elijah was on top of the mountain with all the prophets of Baal? And all they had to do, all they, all they had to do was call down fire. So they're cutting themselves and they're yelling and Elijah's standing over here teasing them and saying, maybe he's off on a trip. <laughs> Let me tell you something, how bad Elijah teased him. He, at one point, if you understand the wording, he says, maybe he went to the bathroom. <laughs> but what did Elijah do? Uh, just go ahead and bring big 12 barrels of water. Yeah. Dig a ditch around the offering pour all that water on there and he looked up to heaven and he had a conversation with God and that conversation this is see what did he do he went into prayer with confidence he didn't sit back going oh I hope this works he knew he was asking according to God's will fire comes down burns up the rocks burns up the offering licks all the water up but it has to be, folks, I'm telling you, if we would learn this kind of confidence in prayer, <laughs> well, then we'll live forever and never die. Can't say that. I wish I could. I wish I could, you know. But the Bible tells us it's appointed unto man one time. Jesus already took care of that for us, so <laughs> I'm not getting into that. So our prayers of petition now, Dave, once we ask for them, we just thank God for them. God, I thank you. You think Jesus stretched out when he stood in front of Lazarus' tomb? You know what his words were? Father, I thank you that... Now his words, his words, look it up. Father, I thank you that you hear me always. Man, if we would develop this kind of calm. Well, I've been let down so many times in my life. Okay, what's that got to do with God? <laughs> but I asked for it, but I prayed for it. Do we trust him? Sometimes what happens is we want it microwave style. I need it two minutes, right? Well, it didn't happen, so we throw our hands up and we go, I guess it just wasn't God's will. God didn't change his mind, we did. Oh, come on. Last way, last thing I want to talk about today, and it's something that, that it's, it's controversial in some corners of the Christian world, 
It's misunderstood by many. It is misused by many others. But yet it's scriptural. In a few weeks, I'll be doing a big, deep teaching on this on Wednesday nights. Every believer, hang on, everybody grab your seat real hard. You should be white knuckling right now. Every believer should be praying in other tongues. And a holy hush fell over the room. I'm not talking about uh, prayers of gratification, prayers of supplication, prayers of intercession. Holy Spirit said this one. I'm not going to do this big exhaustive thing, but I'm telling you, we're going to start gifts of the Spirit this week, right? We're starting gifts of the Spirit on Wednesday nights. You'll want to come out for these if you want to understand gifts of the Spirit. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15. I'm telling you, it's, it's scriptural for the believers to pray in other tongues. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 12, 14, I'm sorry, verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. Now see, some of us are sitting here going, you mean I have to pray in tongues? Nobody said you had to. You don't have to. It's not going to make you a better... It's not going to make you a better Christian. It doesn't mean God loves you more than anybody else. But it's a weapon in your arsenal. He says, what is it then? I will pray in the, with the Spirit and I'll pray with understanding. Look what else he says. So if, if that's in the Bible, that's scriptural, right? Okay. Ted has said it on multiple Wednesday nights. If it's in the Bible, we can say we, we can pretty much sure we believe it. It's there. It's not a lie. He says, I will sing with the Spirit. And I'll sing with the understanding also. So, well, the first thing I want you to look at is it is scriptural that the believers pray in other tongues. And he says, and I will pray with the Spirit. I want to define these words for you. The word Spirit there, according to Thayer's, is the third person of the triune God. That's how he defines it. The Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and the Son. Sometimes referred to in a way that emphasizes his personality and his character. Holy the Holy Spirit. That's what this word means. So if you hear somebody say, well, I'll pray with the Holy Ghost and I'll pray with understanding. They're not misquoting that. That's actually true. It sometimes refers to the way uh, which emphasizes his work. Well, he's the spirit of truth. Oh, come on. Here's what I love about the rest of this definition from Thayer. It is never referred to as a depersonalized force. When he says, I will pray with the Spirit, he's not saying that you're going, oh, I just feel real good and, and I'm just going to pray and it, you know, it charges me. <clears throat> no, he's talking about, I will pray with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, that third person coming alongside of me and he is going to pray with me. Oh, come on. But who does the praying? You do. I'll get, I'll get into that in a few weeks. It's never a depersonalized force. He's talking about a person. He says, so I'll pray with the Holy Spirit. And then he says, I'll pray with understanding. Well, the word understanding means the mind. I'm, I'm, again, I'm reading out of Thayer's Dictionary. It means the mind, the comp comprising alike of the faculties of perceiving and understanding and those of feeling judgment and determining. It is the intellectual faculty or the understanding. 
So what's he say? I'm going to pray with the Spirit and then I'm going to pray in a way that has to do with my mind. That has to do with my faculty of reasoning. That has to do with how I think. That's where you see people praying in tongues with the Spirit and then praying out loud. Oh, come on. The word understanding also means it's a particular mode of thinking and judging. It's the thoughts, the feelings, the purposes, and the desires. So what's he say here? See, first we got we to gotta settle this before we ever get into it deeper. If you do not believe that praying in other tongues is scriptural, you'll never be open to something that God freely gives. That you don't even have to work for it. You don't have to stress for it. You don't have to try to do everything right for it. He desires you to have this. I know I don't usually talk like this on Sundays, do I? And he said, then I want to pray in the way my mind understands. Go to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, I think. Oh, no, verse 4 first. I don't know. What did I put up? Verse 2, good. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. So when we're praying in tongues, we're not even talking to God. Has nothing to do. Anybody here remember John Osteen, Joel's daddy? <laughs> All right. There was a TV show brought John on one time. And they were talking about the subject of tongues. And they asked him, he said, well, can you pray in tongues? He said, sure I can. He said, well, will you do it for us? Well, sure I will. And so he begins to pray in other tongues. And then afterwards, the host said, well, what in the world did that do for us? He said, it didn't do nothing for you, but man, alive what it did for me. <laughs> He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit, same word, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Now, I'll go into this in detail later, but you can pray in tongues and know what you're praying about, even though you may not know the words you're praying. I'll go into it later. So what does he say here? If you pray in tongues, you're not talking to man. So for all of us who look around, oh, that's just crazy. We ain't talking to you in here. <laughs> Has nothing to do with you. This is between me and God. This is something that God has given me that during my prayer time, after I pray in supplication, after I pray prayer petition, after I pray all these other types of prayer, then I begin to open my mouth and begin to allow my spirit that is permanently connected to heaven begin to speak the language of heaven. Verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself but he that prophesies edifies the church that word edify according to William Mounts means to build to repair to embellish to amplify a building what are we? he says do you not know that you are the temple church yes but you're the temple, I'm talking personal. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when I pray in other tongues, I'm not, I may not build you up. Now, if I'm going to build you up, we're going to pray in tongues and then Shirley's going to get up and interpret so everybody knows the message. But when it comes time for prayer and I'm in my house, I'm in, I'm in here, worship's going on, whatever, and I begin to pray in other tongues, what am I doing? I'm talking to God, I'm speaking mysteries in the, in the spirit realm, and I am embellishing, I'm building up, I am strengthening myself, I, it's repairing me hurt. So, so some of us have been hurt so bad, and I'm telling you, you want to get over that hurt, you need to pray in other tongues. 
You need to just begin to let that flow out of your mouth. And as it flows out of your mouth, it strengthens you. It puts faith in you. Why? Because you've exited the realm of flesh and you've entered the realm of the Spirit where the Spirit can minister to the flesh like it's supposed to. <sighs> so he says there, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue builds up himself, repairs himself, embellishes himself. Go to Jude, verse 20. Well, what chapter? You'll see it when you get there. Jude only has one. Jude, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Just so you know, I'm not crazy, it's scriptural. Even Jude says, you need to build yourself up. Build what? Build your faith. How? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Yep. Same, same words. What's sad is a, a lot of charismatic Pentecostal churches don't even talk about this anymore. I'm not, you know... That, we should. And let me tell you, this has nothing to do with charismatic, has nothing to do with Pentecostal. This was, this was written way before the denominations decided to separate on whatever they decided to believe. This was written to the body as a whole. But you, beloved, building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Well, I just don't think that it should be done. That is past. That is over. I'm going to cover those things in a few weeks. I'm going to cover those things. I just don't believe that's for the church today. I'll come on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. Look at verse 14, chapter 14, verse 39. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not. Uh-oh. Forbid not to speak with tongues. That's scripture. That's scripture. Forbid not. Prayer is a conversation with God. When my spirit prays in other tongues, it's still conversing with God. Prayer is about bringing petitions and our wants and our needs to God. Say, God, this is what I have need of. And I, I, I'm not off from your will, Lord. I see that you promised me this in the word that I can have this. And so I'm going to walk away at the confidence that you're give, you've gave it to me. That it's mine right now and I'm going to act like it's mine right now. And then when I don't know what to pray for, according to Romans chapter 8, it says the Holy Spirit himself make the intercession. That means I just will begin to let my spirit pray. Now, we don't usually talk about stuff like this on Sunday mornings, but I believe what God is getting ready to do in the church as a whole, I'm not talking about just us, but in the church as a whole is going to require a group of people who are willing to lay everything, well, I'm afraid I'll just look silly who's just going to lay aside everything else and are going to use every weapon at their disposal to enter into a spiritual warfare that is going to have to take people in the spirit to solve it. The answers that we're looking for are not going to be found in a man or a woman. They're not going to be found in a program. They're not going to be found in some hidden messages in some weird off place. The answers we're looking for are found in the spirit. And it's going to take people who will allow their spirit to grab a hold of these things and take them. And bring them into the realm of the natural. Tongues is one of those weapons. Amen? Well, I just... I just don't know. Come on, come on Wednesdays. Come on Wednesdays. 
Watch it live if you can't be here. But I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do some things. Idra, what day was that Bishop gave that word? Do you remember off the top of your head? June 16th, right? Somewhere around June 16th. He said, watch the next three months. Signs, wonders, miracles, things are happening. We, I've already been hearing about things coming. But we're going to be a people who are going to say, God, whatever it takes, we will do it through the realm of the Spirit because that's where the answer is. So if you wonder if we believe in tongues here, <laughs> absolutely. And, we're, and Shirley, not a bit ashamed of it. Are we, Sally? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Hold up, hold up. Idra, you got something? The 20th, okay. I saw her grab her phone. I want to give her Holy Spirit room in case he gave her something. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for prayer being a weapon of our warfare. I thank you that I can come before you with confidence, making my requests for the things that I need and have need of. I thank you, Father, that I can constantly be in communication with you. And when I run out of enough words in my language, Lord, I thank you that Holy Spirit is in me and he joins with me in prayer as we begin to pray in other tongues. And I thank you that wars are won. Lives are changed. Homes are mended. Addictions are broken. Oh, I thank you for businesses that are blessed. I thank you for businesses that are coming. I thank you, Father. I have seen it. I'll choose to remember it. So in Jesus' name, I receive it. Oh, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.